This Week in Startups is brought to you by LinkedIn. You need LinkedIn jobs to find the right people for your business. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash twist and get $50 off your first job post. Walker Corporate Law. Specializing in the representation of entrepreneurs. Visit walkercorporatelaw.com. And monday.com. Monday.com not only helps teams manage work and meet deadlines, but also builds a culture of transparency to work better together. Start your 14-day free trial by going to monday.com slash twist. Then use promo code twist to get 10% off a paid account. Upcoming launch events. Apply for the next Launch Accelerator cohort. Applications are due September 2nd. Learn more and apply at launchaccelerator.co. Get your free Founder Pass or purchase a VIP ticket for Launch Scale in San Francisco, October 7th and 8th at launchscale.net slash tickets. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Office Hours with Jason Calacanis at neighborly.com. If you email jason at neighborly, N-E-Y-B-O-R-L-Y.com, you will get a free hour, a free hundy or so in credits at your local neighborly in six cities here in San Francisco and Portland, coming soon to other cities. Yum yum for JCow, unicorn number nine, ten, or eleven. <laughs> it's up to you, Ben. On no pressure, but I'd love to put you in that Twitter bio. Okay, Crystal, you have a company called Healthiest. It's a browser extension. I love browser extensions, allowing users to find healthier products while they shop on Amazon. What a brilliant idea. Did you come up with that? After four years, yes, of doing the wrong things. (laughs) Right. Also known as a pivot. Exactly. Or do you mean you just ate junk food for four years? No. Well, Yeah, (laughs) that too. (laughs) Okay. So you had an original idea. Which was a marketplace direct to consumer e-commerce. And we basically curated and vetted and came up with the algorithm with which, you know, what is healthy, what isn't. And everyone came to our site. Well, they came to our site, but then we'd see them bounce off. Got it. Because they discovered what they wanted. And they were logged into Amazon anyway. Exactly. Now you're a Chrome extension. Yes. And when I'm looking at honey on Whole Foods or Safeway yeah. or Amazon, you show me Manuka honey. That's right. Upsell me. Well, and you get a percentage of yeah, that affiliate fee. Exactly. If there's an affiliate fee. That's how, that is our revenue model. 100% affiliate. 100%. How long has so the far. Chrome extension been in market? So it's just coming out of beta. We have okay. 250 users right now. How did you acquire 250 beta users? Well, so our previous business ah. was in, a, in between these two. It was a subscription box for pregnant and new moms. And we thought we would show them the products. They would come back and buy. Mm. But they, we showed them the products and they went to Amazon to buy. Because Amazon is? I mean, it's the best marketplace. They do a better job. Exactly. It's easy and it's safe. Yeah. Anytime you have a problem with Amazon, they say, oh, it's, it's out of the 90-day warranty. And I say, That's true. I've been a member for 10 years. I've spent X amount per year. And they go, we'll make an exception this time. Right. Literally every time they just make an ex- exception for me. And <laughs> I think that all they care about is keeping customers happy and closing tickets. And yeah. I mean, we're banking on that. Yeah. So now they're on Amazon and you show them another healthier product on Amazon and then redirect them to your affiliate link. So if you can imagine um, where the best sellers show up at the top, you search for honey, all the honeys come up across. We push that down and we put a a green bar of all of the products that are in our database. Totally legal. 
because oh, yeah. it's happening on the consumer's browser and it's their software and it's yes. their choice how they yes. render the page. However, that will not stop a big company from suing you anyway. So are you on their radar yet? And have you done any research about what they might think or did they allow affiliate links of this manner on their pages and through a Chrome extension? Because they don't allow affiliate links in email. So our, the best like company to us is Honey. Just yes. And they, we, we operate almost exactly like them, with Fantastic. the exception of we're not just technology. We also mm -hmm. have this research arm. Um, and we're also going live on We have relationships with um, Target, Walmart, Chewy, mm -hmm. Sephora, and uh, Nordstrom's. And I think that's the big win. Um, I would study the wire cutter. Yes. Uh, I tried to invest in that company, Brian Lamp's company, multiple times. I begged him not to sell for $30 million to the New York Times, but oh. he owned most of the company, had not raised any money. And I was like, I'll give Got you, tired. I'll set up, you know, you selling 20% of the company, taking the cash, and let's keep going. Mm -hmm. And God, the New York Times owns it now, and it prints money. So <laughs> what is your biggest challenge? User growth. Well, actually, as it relates to investors, what we've heard from investors, and I've met with a lot of investors over the last four years, obviously, as these businesses have evolved, and something, we have 250 users, we're generating about $2.20 a user per month, and it's only costing us about $3 so far to acquire them. Yeah. But something, we don't have enough money to acquire as many users as the investors seem to want. They seem, there's some magic number, like 10,000 or, sure. and so we're sort of I stuck. think for proper seed funds, proper venture funds, they have so many people calling them yes. that they have told me over time, Jason, bring us one of your accelerator companies when they're at a million dollars in ARR. That, I've heard that. Then it became two. Times. Then it became three. Yeah. And I'm like, but 10 years ago, we were all sitting here giving $3 million to found, two founders with an idea and a prototype. And now you expect them to have 3 million in revenue to give them money. It makes no sense. What happened? What's the difference? And they're like, well, the difference is Selection. Right. So if you find yourself in a city, let's say not San Francisco, but you found yourself in a city like I think Seattle right now, they built so many townhomes that now the townhomes are like, we'll give you two months rent free, three months rent free, <laughs> you know, like whatever, anything to get these new units filled. Yeah which is crazy and paradoxical that we can't do that here. No. Uh, MayorJason.com. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's a domain for that. Um, so <laughs> I think you have to set your sights below seed funds and venture funds. And I think you have to set your sights on rebooting the company, likely recapping the company, and pretending that this is day one. How much did you raise for the previous vision? Uh, about, th well, about 325,000. And you diluted 30% or 20% for the investors? No, 10? not even. Okay. Um, so if it's less than 10, it's not an issue. Okay. Um, I would look at it as day one now, speaking of Amazon. So I'd forget the other four years. Look at it day one. Uh, look at your valuation with fresh eyes. And then I would think about an accelerator where the accelerator could validate and give you a little bit of capital to solve this very acute problem. This problem of getting to 10,000 customers to install the extension uh, would cost, if it cost $20, it would be $200,000 to get those 10,000 installs. 
And those 10,000 installs, if 2,000 of them stuck around, would make 4,000 a month, right. which is 48,000 for the year, which means they would pay for the entire campaign right. and paying for everything in four years. So in a way, you could kind of justify it at some level. Yeah. So now that we've justified it, what do you think the justifiable expense on getting an install is vis-a-vis -vis the install resulting in purchasing? So to get that $2, that happens in one in five installs, one in three? Do you know yet? I don't know. That's okay. a good question. We don't so know that kind of This engagement. is something I would work with you on mm -hmm. in the accelerator yeah. is, okay, if you get 10 installs, what is the likely number that would actually make a purchase? We, we've estimated about 5%. Perfect. One in 20. Yeah. So one in 20 results in $24 a year, exactly. uh, which means you can spend a dollar per install. Here's a crazy idea for you. <laughs> you install the Chrome extension, and when it pulls up, when it loads, it says, invite 10 of your friends, receive a $20 gift card. That's a good idea. If the email is a real email and you get the IP address and they set a password and they install the Chrome extension, you put a dollar in that person's account and they get to cash out every $20. That's a great idea. And they can only invite 10 people a week. So you're capping it, they can't go bonkers. But here, what we're saying is, instead of trying to find a marketing channel that makes us money, let's try to find the person who cares about money which is your value proposition. So if I'm using the healthier toolbar, I'm looking to save money, right? In all likelihood and get better products. Yeah. Uh, or some percentage are. Right. And I, if I'm healthy, I probably want other people to be healthy because I'm married to a healthy person who wouldn't let me leave <laughs> my bedroom today without drinking five ounces of... Apple cider vinegar? No, thank <laughs> the Lord, no. Celery, because right. celery, celery on juice. an empty stomach makes you Batman, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Wonder Woman, is it, it true? It's good for you. Celery juice is good. Anyway, I'm not, allowed I'm, to, I'm not allowed to leave the house without drinking six ounces of celery juice. I love my wife, but I don't know what this is doing to well, me or not. We hope that some people, it's like, we hope some people care about sustainability or whatever, the, whatever they care about. Hiring is not just slapping your ads on a local paper anymore, or just putting it on a job board. No, when you're growing your business, you need to reach the right candidates. That's what you need. You need those right candidates. Not everybody, not a bunch of bozos, not a bunch of people who are not sharp. You need the right people. And that's where LinkedIn comes in. Over 600 million members visit LinkedIn to make all those connections, learn and grow as professionals. You know that. You do it. I do it. And you know what? A good number of them, they're looking for new gigs. They're looking for new job opportunities. More than 35 million job seekers visit LinkedIn jobs, not LinkedIn, LinkedIn jobs every month. And that's how LinkedIn gets your job post in front of the folks with the hard skills and those soft skills equally important that are needed for your business. Here's my CMO, Presh, creating a job posting on LinkedIn in minutes. He creates some of those pre-screening questions. I think these are the most important thing you can do because I like to ask people, why do you want the job? Tell me about a challenge you've had in your life. And then more specific things like, hey, if I was hiring somebody to work on the podcast, I would say, tell me about your three favorite podcasts and why. You know what happens is the people who are serious write considered answers and you know that person's on point and they want the job. And then LinkedIn auto-populates all those candidates they think would be a good fit because they've got all those candidates on LinkedIn anyway. 
Oh my God, LinkedIn Jobs works. So here it is, 50 bucks for you for your first job posting. Go to linkedin.com slash twist and I'll give you a 50. It's a 50 from your uncle Jason. Go ahead and visit linkedin.com slash twist and get $50 on your first job posting. Terms and conditions apply because it's a generous offer. Go ahead and get that 50 now. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. This is where, like, I think some of the great entrepreneurs and the great, really the great marketers think. Yeah. What's our CAC? And then what's the lifetime value of different cohorts of customers? It might be that if you gave, if you studied your users, the 250, the top 50 people who have, you clicked on 10 links that required a purchase, they might refer people who are extraordinary. Right. The bottom third, maybe not. So what you could actually find out through data science is you could give everybody the ability to invite 10 people. And then depending on how they did, if my 10 people uh, that I invited, if 60% installed and 30% used, and that's the best of anybody, you might offer me $2 per install. If somebody else's 10 were bogus, and you start the same IP address, you just deprecate their ability to do it again, mm. and you look out for them doing cheating. You just don't. You just say you can only invite 10, and the, they never hit the $20 mark. Right, right. Right? right. So... You just don't give them the ability to invite people anymore. It's just a one-time thing. And then if you just have the software say, whoever's the best refer, give them Keep a better deal. Them. Give them a better deal. By the way, that's what Amazon does. They have their rates that they give to people. And then when something like Wirecutter comes out and they see the intent of those customers, Wirecutter probably makes 50% or 2x or 3x other affiliates. Right, right. Exactly. So you can do the same thing. And then you're collecting email addresses, then you can upsell, yada, yada, yada. And if the person could also donate it to charity as an option, oh. that might be feel good too. So you say, hey, if you're, for every friend who comes in here, you can get $2 per sign up or right. donate to your favorite charity. And you just do that manually. You don't have to build a bunch of software. You guys right. just write a check to them and, you know. That's a really good idea having, you know, because people who are passionate about whether health, like your wife, yeah. they, they would be more apt to tell someone else about it. And since you already have figured this out, the cost of making a second Chrome extension that was based upon uh, buying in bulk and saving money, not on health, might only be 10% more. So what if you had one for people who just want to save money and you have one for people who want to be healthier? Or what if you have one for people who want to buy in bulk or people who want to buy local? You, know, you can start to really think about yourself right. not just as a Chrome extension for a narrow group of people, but a methodology that you could deploy against multiple verticals and multiple demographics right. with multiple use cases. So, so then if the investor is looking at it, they go, oh, this person has mastered uh, comparison, shopping. comparison shopping, healthier shopping via Chrome, and they're like honey, but they've just... They've done a version of Honey that is niche, right? Yeah. Um, and so you need to really understand data science. You need to understand cohort analysis really well to make this work because you can be sure Honey is doing that and Amazon's doing that. So yes. it's a really intensive data product you have um, eventually. But having the flywheel go, even if it's small and you can show it, would show, remember before we talked about, hey, you know, startups are like this giant music festival and everybody's here just you know, dancing and taking Molly and just goofing <laughs> off. 
And then there's like a select group of people who are like really serious about it, right? right. I'm talking about millennials, but like, it's like a really serious group of people. Yeah. And you have to put yourself in the serious group. And the serious group is doing the data analysis. The serious group knows how to do go-to market. Serious group has product cadence, which means their product is improving every week. Yes. Some kind of rhythm. So put, put yourself in that bucket. It'll be okay. And you should definitely come by the accelerator. You would need to have you know, 10K a month in revenue, I think, 20K a month in revenue in order for the investors we work with to buy it and do a one to $3 million round. Right. So Neighborly might have had 80 or 90,000 when they joined our accelerator a month. Right. And they were able to close two and a half. You know, so I think somewhere in that 250,000 a year to a million a year in revenue doesn't unlock the VC seed round. Right. But with an accelerator like Y Combinator or us might right. or can help. Yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, that's the yeah. feedback we keep getting. Yeah. It, things have changed. Everything's yeah. changed. Everybody's going downstream. Nobody wants to take risk anymore because there's so many opportunities right. and options. So you just have to be cognizant of that yeah. as, um, and, and as a founder, the good news is valuations are higher. The economy is on fire. Consumers will buy anything. They'll buy two of anything. They're just going bonkers. Well, we so we get paid an affiliate percentage whether they buy the healthy product or not. Amazing. So we yeah. we definitely see what everyone's buying. And then the people who are behind <laughs> Amazon are going to pay you for placement. So if they want to just come up, there's you know an alternative place to buy it for Target or right. Walmart. They're going to pay you even more to have some kind of logo placement or something. Yeah. Uh, and the data play is going to be amazing for yes, you because that Chrome extension can collect every URL I've visited if you get permission or and can do that with a hash and make it anonymized or whatever. But you can start to understand like, hey, this person, you know, is, you know, 50 years old. They visit cancer websites all the time. Maybe they had cancer at some of the life impacted by cancer. And now they care about things where they have asthma, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, and you might even be able to get them to opt into that. Like. Things I'm concerned about. Do you, my family has a history of prostate cancer. My family has a history of Parkinson's. Okay, here are foods and nutrition that people. You we know, had talked about yeah. um, beginning with some of those questions, like, yeah. are you gluten free, paleo? What are the things you care about? You could ask them to take the survey and get a dollar in your account. I like it. So, I think sometimes people overthink it. Giving customers a little spiff for information or for inviting people, uh, give to get. Give $25, get $25, you know, in Uber know, and Airbnb. It feels like an old school thing that yeah. really works. <laughs> it was done by Dropbox first. Five gigs of storage. If you right. give five gigs yeah. and then all the developers went crazy. Tesla mastered it. I think I got about 50 people to buy Teslas. And now I have two or three of those like $800 radio flyer Teslas in the house from my three daughters. <laughs> and I didn't even know I had them. I just opened up my app and the loot box was like glowing. And I clicked it and it's like, you earned a new set of tires and rims for your Model X that cost $3,000. You earned a radio flyer. You earned a radio flyer. You, you earned a radio flyer. people to buy Teslas? Well, over the last 10 years, and I was one of the first owners, and so I just kept tweeting tesla.com slash Jason29. I actually know it. And their program went so supernova, they had to turn it off because they gave people $5,000 towards the Roadster 2, and people started buying ads and billboards saying, buy a Tesla Model 3, get unlimited supercharging, make sure you use the code Jason29. <laughs> so the reason there's so many Tesla YouTubers is because they were all doing that. Mm -hmm. The top two or three people 
earned two roadsters before they had to turn the program off. That's a great idea. And they turned it off because they're like, we're going to go bankrupt (laughs) if this keeps going. They became too popular. All right, let's give it up one time for Crystal of Healthiest. Okay, next up is Adam from Yuma. It's an online meal subscription that automatically restocks your meals in your office fridge. Well, that's delightful for millennials who don't want to take any responsibility for a consumption of calories and, and or anything in their life. Uh, how long have you been doing Yuma? Um, so we launched this service uh, 10 months ago. Great, yeah. which means you pivoted from another one. Exactly. What was the failed product or service? So the failed product was a marketplace for local prepared meal services. And Ah. we figured out all the pain points that are happening from the mom and pop shops uh, that are working from home and the scale to commercial kitchens. And we built um, Yuma on that foundation. Got it. So you tried to be a marketplace, but the inventory side was too, the, the supply side was too difficult. So you decided to build an asset heavy marketplace where you are making the meals with your team? So we're not making the meals with our team yet. Okay. Uh, we're a managed marketplace now. Ah, so, so we you work... have a small number of people. Exactly. So we're the abstraction layer. Nobody sees what's happening in the back end. Got we're it. the brand. Um, uh, we're working with local prepared meal caterers that we trust. Mm-hmm. But now we're looking to uh, grow to big producers. And it's different than caviar in that instead of everybody passing around a link and doing a group order on Uber Eats or Postmates, you're just gonna say, you know what? We'll make sure there's 20 items in your fridge. We'll come by every day to check the fridge. We'll remove the stuff that's perished and we'll put the new no. stuff in. Um, no. it's, a, it's an individualized subscription. Oh, so for, it's a, for yeah, a person. We don't, we don't need to um, predict demand and uh, basically throw food out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an individual subscription. The average person is ordering 3.3 meals a week. So that's 70% of their work week lunches. Do they all come at the same time? Uh, yeah, so uh, they on come Mondays. On, they come on Mondays. And they get stocked. And uh, how many meals did you sell and ship in June? In June, 4000 Okay. Yeah. And the average meal cost is $14? No, it's uh, $7. What? Yeah. Great deal. Mm-hmm. The best so deal. <laughs> the average consumer spends $80 a month, $90 a month? Uh, between 7 and 8 70 so, and 80 uh, $90 uh, is the ARPU, yeah. 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 Uh, because... If they did three meals a week at $7, is $21 yeah. a week. Exactly. If they did that four times yeah. in a month. And there, there are customizations, so there uh, are a couple of upsells. On an $80 monthly spend, mm-hmm. the delivery cost would be $5 each, to- each week. So um, per person? For that person. It, right now, it's 40 cents a meal, so it's because uh, it's, okay. it's batch delivery. Oh, it's batch delivery. Yeah, so it's tenfold. You're talking about um, we're batching people by workplace, and ah, therefore okay. we're lowering it. All right, so it could be more if you have one person in office, but it could be less if you get more people in the office to do it. Exactly. So you make a dollar per meal at the end of the day, maybe? Right now, yes. Okay. So it's, it's way cheap. It's very cheap. That's the value proposition, save money, or is the value it's, proposition get fit, or is the value proposition eat healthy and live longer? What's your value proposition? So it's kind of a combination of all these three, but um, doing a survey with our customers, they valued convenience as uh, the best part of the journey with us. Great. So what I would advise is you have to plant your flag on some value proposition. Four value propositions is not a value proposition. It's a collection of value propositions. Typically, two is good. So with Mm -hmm. Cafe X, the robotic coffee company uh, that we invested in, 
it's better coffee because they use the highest end coffee and they don't make mistakes because the robots don't make mistakes and every cup is rated, yeah. which doesn't happen at Starbucks. Um, so the quality level will be higher. It's a dollar cheaper. And if you're in San Francisco, there's the, the wait is maybe 60 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. There's no wait, basically. They can make hundreds an hour. So it's faster, better, and cheaper. But that's a value proposition that's kind of long. And so I think they just are going for this is the best coffee um, really fast, yeah. right? And convenience. Yeah. And so I think you got to lean into that. Walker Corporate Law. You've been there with me since the beginning. Thank you, Scott Walker. Walker Corporate Law is a boutique law firm that specializes in the representation of entrepreneurs and founders. And their lawyers have 10 to 20 years of experience, and there are no junior associates getting on-the-job training. They offer all kinds of great services that you would you know, normally think about when you're starting a company. But they also do things like mergers and acquisitions, licensing agreements, and your privacy policy and your terms of service. You want to work with Scott Walker and his team at Walker Corporate Law because they encourage fixed fees. In other words, they tell you, hey, you want to do this? It's going to cost X. You want to do that? It's going to cost Y. And you don't have to get that sticker shock when you get your bill from your attorney at the end of the month. No, Scott Walker does not want to do all that billable hours nonsense and then get you uh, some inefficient product. No, he wants to be efficient. He wants to get done quick and tight and do it right. So email my pal, Scott Walker at Scott at Walker Corporate Law. Scott at Walker Corporate Law. Make sure you tell him Jason sent you. Or you can visit him at walkercorporatelaw.com. His number, 415-979-9998. 415-979-9998. How cool is that that he puts his phone number and his email right out there for you to email him at Scott at Walker corporatelaw.com. Thanks again, Scott, for supporting This Week in Startups. You're the longest running sponsor, I think, along with Squarespace. So I really appreciate that. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. And if convenience is what it's about, you may want to start thinking about maybe a higher dollar value. Okay. Because the first thing I would say as an investor is, oh boy, there's a lot of dead companies in this space. So that, that's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. yeah. So is that your big problem? Yeah. So investors our... don't buy it. Investors don't buy it, but before we before we go on to raise our, we're still bootstrapping. So we grew 39% month over month um, in the last 10 months. And the the idea is, do we do we continue working as a managed marketplace, leverage the big producers' kitchen locations across the country, and be an abstraction layer that can scale quickly, or do we take um, in-house uh, production so we can increase our margins, innovate on the production line, um, but require a lot of capex? It's a great question. Um, your product, if the product is convenience, yeah. then consumers are going to be impressed with it's there Monday. Mm -hmm. If the product is, it's healthy and delicious, then that would lean towards um, you, you know, maintaining the high quality exactly. standard, doing yeah. it yourself. So eventually you'll probably wind up doing it yourself anyway mm -hmm. and having the full stack and then maybe renting somebody's cloud kitchen space. Uh -huh but having those people be employees and doing a full stack. Um, because if you think about what is Uber or Lyft, the value is just, I'm in this location, I wanna be in that location for $6 yeah. or $4 or whatever it is. Nobody really cares. They may complain about the smell or the car right. or the stains or the air fresheners or the seven air fresheners, two on each vent. Yeah. That is absolutely a plague. <laughs> 
It's just crazy. It's like, wow, this car smells. Let's put seven air fresheners on every <laughs> vent and make everybody has an, have an asthma attack. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, putting that aside, people still deal with it because it's convenient and the price, right? Uh -huh. But in your case, I think the food is the show. And so I think you kind of have to own that. What investors are going to say is, this is a lifestyle business. We've seen this movie before. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and the margin is way too low. And okay. the operation is too hard. Okay. That's going to be the rub. Now, how do you unlock and prove it to them? There's two ways. You just come to them with your performance. Mm -hmm. And it's growing 40% a month. So you're getting something right. Um, or maybe some viral coefficient. Uh -huh. So I was just thinking about it. I think it should be $12 a meal, $11 if two people do it, $10 if three people do it, $9 if four people do it, and um, if five people do it, everybody gets a surprise snack for the mm -hmm. week. So that there's an incentive for the $12 person to get numbers two, three, and four on board because that will save them $1 per meal each time they do it. And then maybe you only deliver if they can get two or more people. So the first two people are 12. The next two people are, everybody goes down to 11. Okay. The next two go so down to 10. variable pricing. Because well, right now we require 20 meals minimum per workplace. Per workplace, right. Yeah. So what I'm thinking of is if I open the app. So that's like you have to explain to people. What I'm thinking of is more of a fluid Dropbox give to get kind of model where um, you say, hey, listen, I want to do this or I'm doing it. I'm paying $12, and then I invited 17 other people from my company by putting their email addresses in, yeah. and it says, Jason invited um, Adam. Hey, Adam, Jason invited you to order healthy meals. He's on keto. You might like, you can pick keto, protein, Mediterranean, or this, or mix it up. Um, and if you both do that, you get a dollar off per meal. And then... Everybody else gets an email. It's now 11. And so we create this way for people to give you the email addresses of their coworkers okay. and have you grow. Yeah. In the same way Yammer grew. When you're on Yammer or you're on Slack, it's like invite people is like right there. And you just add somebody's email and now they're in your system. Okay. So that would be something that would signal to the venture community that this has a viral coefficient and your cost for acquiring customers is zero. Mm -hmm. The cost for acquiring a customer who spreads it by word of mouth is zero. So when you have a company that's paying, let's say you were paying Facebook $25 per new customer, you have to get 25 meals out to break even. And let's say that customer though brings, uh, every customer who you get on Facebook brings one more person in their office. Now you only have to do tw the 25 meals across two people. Mm -hmm. uh, or you, your cost went down to $12 because that person... Uh, cost zero, right? So that's that viral coefficient, yeah. and you, I'm sure you're aware of how that works. But if you can get over one, <laughs> you know, exactly. you, you could have this be magical because what people are going to say is the CAC is too expensive based on the lifetime value and the yeah. percentage. Yeah. So I think raising prices, a reoccurring theme here mm -hmm. in our accelerator, while adding a viral coefficient would make it feel more like an internet business. Okay. And then saying. We're agnostic to us making the meals or other people making the meals if they can do them at our quality level. Okay. Uh, what, so, if, what if they can't make them at our quality level? Yeah, then you're going to have to put an apron on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mean, <laughs> congratulations. You now have to figure out another thing. Another problem, yeah. And that's why I think raising the prices and going after people 
who are the juice cleanse people. Mm -hmm. Anybody here ever do like a juice cleanse? Raise your hand. Don't be uh, embarrassed. Okay. Could somebody just scream out what they spent for a week on their juice cleanse or per day? $70 for a week. 10 bucks a day. No, 70 a day. I'm sorry. That's my bad ear. I thought somebody said $60 a day. Okay. So let's just pause here and think about this. When you're selling people lunch, you're getting $7. If I sell people a cleanse, I get 60. So I get nine times the, I get nine times the dollar amount for something that costs the same. Or maybe it costs a little more. So let's say it costs double. I'm getting four or five times the leverage that you're getting. So doing you know, meal kits that sell a promise of a lifestyle, obviously, you know, people are like, oh, I've got like, I'm going on vacation or I just got back from vacation. I feel fat. I'm going to be at a wedding. I need to be in a suit or a dress. I'm going to be on TV. I got to lose five pounds. That's why people pay that. They're not, they're not paying for juice. They're paying for looking better naked, right? Or looking better in their clothes, whatever it is, right? They just, they want to be thin. They want a flat stomach, right? That's what they're paying for. Um, and so that's something to consider too, is how you're packaging it. Do you have a tip of the spear? And if so, what is the tip of the spear? Do you have a target beachhead market that so opens things up? It's the millennials. So um, usually 20% of the employed market is millennials, 25 to 39. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's, the, that's the market demographic that is really adopting our service. Here's what I'd like you to do. I would like you to test a 100-day beach body program. I know it sounds crazy. But 100 days to, you know, a beach body or whatever it is. And you just try selling that up front. They have to commit to 100 meals. Um, they get, um, instead of five a week, they get 10 uh, and a snack. So it's $40 a day. It's 200 a week. And you have to do 100 days. So it's $40 a day. Um, and you get one cheat day a week, so $40 a day times whatever, 80 You know, now we're starting to look at, you know, big money, right? 50 times 20 is 1000 And see if you could sell a $1,000 meal program that would be a cleanse, refresh, and lose weight, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, see if you can base it on, like, Tim Ferriss's, you know, say this is inspired by, like, Tim Ferriss's four-hour work body, this, this, and this. And if you want to lose weight, feel great, here's this, and then you put up a landing page for it and see if you can get somebody to do what the eight people in this room did. How many people have done those juice cleanses more than once and think it was worth it? Or how many people have done it more than once? Okay. How many people have done it more than five times? Okay. <laughs> what I love about this is that, like, I'm not doing this to make you feel bad. I'm doing it to point out that there are people who are investing in their health. Those, what's really inspiring about the three people who've done it five times is that's two cocktails here in San Francisco. So if I said, anybody here ever paid 15 or 20 bucks for a martini? Who here has paid $15 for a cocktail? Raise your hand. Okay, the other of you have, don't drink cocktails. Um, so, you know, if we would be very judgmental about the people doing the, the $60 cleanse and doing $12 a drink, but we have no problem with somebody spending $16 on a martini in a, a hotel or a bar. Um, and so I don't judge those people. I think it's actually pretty, pretty awesome. Um, 
And so I would go for that and see if you can have a money printing machine back to the Uber Black, yeah. which has come up three or four times, founders underpricing, and then signaling to investors that you don't care about profitability. You're not a marauding capitalist. Okay. Marauding capitalist, the tip of the spear is something highly profitable. The next thing is profitable. The next thing is lower margin, but more people. So you're doing it the opposite way. You're trying to build the base, you know, the, the back of the spear. You need that sharp tip. Okay. Get me the sharp tip. Mm -hmm. And then I think you'll get more meetings and have better results. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, a big round of applause. Accountability is critically important for your startup. You have to assign tasks. You have to assign projects. You've got all different phases of things you're trying to deploy at your startup. And Monday.com is going to allow you to do this. It's beyond just task management. You create boards. You can do your own or you can do it from a template. And it's really popular with non-tech teams as well as tech ones. And it replaces all these burdensome Excel files where you're putting checklists and punch lists in Excel and then, or maybe in a Google sheet and you're trying to make that work. No, you want to use monday.com and ben seidel who's been on the program and is in our portfolio from neighborly he uses it to plan the build outs of the new venues that he's creating at neighborly and he can assign accountability and if people don't get something done you know who's responsible so you can go have that little chit chat and do a walk and talk pete davis from Amchar, another one of our high growth car, uh, startups he went through our incubators from sydney he uses it for the growth marketing project management he's doing you do growth marketing you know how much work that is well here's how easy it is here's my cmo Fresh, creating a board. Uh, and he's doing this for open office hours, which you guys have been experiencing when I uh, do open office hours. And he's assigning tasks. He's setting up a type form integration. They have all those great integrations. So you can see all the status of the founders and their biggest challenges coming into that monday.com board. He's going to make the board public. And we're going to do this ourselves here. We're going to have a public board where you can see the topics that are going to be discussed. Go see it right now. Officehours.launch.co slash August. I want you to start a 14-day free trial by going to monday.com, the day of the week, monday.com, what a great domain name, slash twist. That's monday.com slash twist. And use the promo code twist when you're ready to buy and you'll get 10% off a paid account. Thank you for that, Monday. Great product, great software. I met the team the other day. Wow, really impressive progress. Uh, and everybody go ahead and try it. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. Next up is Claire here on Office Hours with your boy, J. Cal giving you candid advice. <laughs> Have you seen a couple of other people so far? Yes. Are you scared? Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous, but I'm okay. not scared, no. Uh, the stakes are high, so being nervous would be natural. Um, don't worry, it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> so your company is called Online Profile Pros. It's a marketplace for consumer services, and your margins are 30%. Yes. Tell me, uh, Online Profile Pros, what's the website? OnlinePropelPros.com. Perfect. You got the .com. Um, what are the consumer services that you provide? Well, we, basically, we help people um, create, maintain, and protect their personal brand. So five, basically, your average person has five online profiles and seven if they're online dating. So everyone judges you by your profiles, whether you like it or not. So we help people create a great online profile so they can get the job and they can get the date, social, get into a social club. Just It's really every aspect of your life. I mean, you know, we all have multiple profiles. So Wow. Uh, how many people have you done this for and how did you come up with the idea? 2,000 people so far. And what do they pay? Um, the average 
the average um, price is $200, $220. Of the 2,000, how many have paid? I'm sorry? Of paid. the 2,000, how many have oh, paid? Oh, all have paid. Okay, so you've done $400,000 yes. in profile enhancements for 2,000 people. Right. Of those 2,000 people, how many were for dating, finding a husband, wife, mate, whatever, versus finding a job? Um, most, most of them, I think, have been for dating because we okay. recently kind of expanded because we're like, oh, we're leaving out a big bulk of people. Got um, it. But, uh, so mostly dating. Mostly dating, but yes, is, we do have people coming for... Is it skewed towards one gender or the other? No. 50-50? Really? Yes. Fascinating. <laughs> um, and what do you do for the $200? Do you log in and change it? Do you make a profile for them? Do you give them suggestions? Do they have we a concierge? Have, we have, basically, we have a network... Uh, across the U.S. and Canada, of uh, wardrobe stylists, profile writers, photographers. So it, it initially starts out with you, you find your photographer in your area, and then you can add the other services. Um, so wow, and yeah. that's an upsell for those, yes. or it's included. It is an upsell. We're working on doing bundled packaging. We're working on the whole main. What do I get part. for two hundred dollars then? I don't get a photographer. What do I get? You can get a, you can get a photo shoot. Okay. Um, and retouching. Depending Got on what, some of the the photo shoots are, they, it varies. They um, the Got prices it. vary. Got yeah. it. And how do you acquire customers? Uh, right now, it's SEO and word of mouth. Got it. What is the SEO word people are searching for? It to... really just depends. We kind of have like a you know some that we kind of. We, we, we basically, there's a whole bunch of people that are online dating, and ah. trying to get in front of those people has Got been it. kind of. So you kind of. So we're we're doing. You're looking SEO. for people on Tinder, eHarmony. Yes. So there are people that look for like Tinder profile ah. uh, tips and ah. yeah, and Got even it. just yeah, because basically sometimes it's an education where you're kind of saying, with you're still having problems, the whole FOMO kind of thing. You know, you're are, are you missing out? Are yeah. you not getting the dates that you need? Probably. <laughs> Yeah, I missed this whole thing, um, <laughs> thankfully. And I was going to invest in Tinder. Oh, okay. And my friend said, let me show you Tinder. I'm investing in it. And I said, okay. He took my phone, logged me in with Facebook, and he said, it's really simple. You just swipe right. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. Um, and he said, let me just show you. He takes the phone, and he swipes right 50 times. He goes, and now, just wait a second, you can get like 20 matches. Nothing happens. <laughs> Like literally nothing. And he says, I don't know what's going on. And I, I did it. I get a better like, profile photo. And he looks at my profile photos. It's terrible photos. And he goes, okay, hold on a second. And he goes through my photos on Facebook. And I was at some event. And some people like to take selfies. And he's like, okay, what you have to do is have pictures of you with beautiful women and put those up. And I'm like, on a dating site? He's like, yep. Boom, boom, boom. He picks three pictures of me with women who are attractive, puts them on the profile, redoes it, and then match, 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 match. Is that actually what works? What works for photos? <laughs> Is it having babies, bulldogs, Definitely sports? no babies. Um, we definitely think that your very first photo should be of you, you know, so people can see what you look like. You definitely yes. need a full body. Because people no, want to That's a problem. Know, You're going to lose yeah. 10 pounds, yeah. And then, of course, you want to fill it out with, you know, if you have a, a boat or a dog or you like to hike, then, you know, mm. definitely let people know who you are in those photos. Got but it. you definitely want people to see what you look like. Got it. That's table stakes. <laughs> they got to be able to make that decision. Yes. Got it. Okay. I'm, God, thank God I'm married. <laughs> um, 
So what's your biggest challenge? Basically, um, in this whole startup world, it seems I, I see companies that have a lot of hype and little substance get funding. And to date, I've been focusing on building the business, building the marketplace, building um, meeting milestones. And I'm wondering, in this pre-seed stage, should, we, should I be focusing more on creating hype and more messaging than the business? Great. Uh, is your first startup? Yes. And are you here in Silicon Valley? I'm in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, perfect. And are you from the startup community? And have you have a bunch of friends who are entrepreneurs? Um, no, no. Okay, perfect. Um, the reason I ask that is because I frequently see people who are on their first startup get very confused because they come in and they read TechCrunch or Recode and they're like, that's the stupidest idea ever. Why? They got $15 million? What's going on? And so what I encourage people to do who are new to the business is to say, um, pause for a second and understand that in any system, there are people who get overpaid, whether it's the NBA or musicians, could be anybody, and underperform. And there are things that you're not privy to, pieces of data. And so many times a company may have founders who sold their last company for a billion dollars and made this VC firm 300 million in return their entire fund, and they come up with their next idea, which is terrible or okay, and the VCs say, they made us $300 million last time. We're gonna give them 15 million this time. Their idea they have, I don't know if it's gonna work or not, I'm not crazy about it, but they're smart, they'll pivot. And then you and I are looking at it going, oh, we're trying to make sense of this. Why, yeah. what? How could this sense. be making, it makes no sense. Right. What they're doing is they're betting the jockeys. They know that these people have won the race before and that where they start is not where they finish. So okay. if you were to look at, you know, Stuart from Slack is the best example people give. He's doing some crazy, like, second life game and, like, 600 people play it. Nobody likes it. And he's like, yeah, I'll just do Slack and make it a $25 billion company. And the time before that, he was doing a different game. It didn't work. And he's like, yeah, we'll just make this, like, a site that makes it easy to share photos before anybody even thought about that was Flickr. Mm -hmm. So, like, the next time Stuart comes up and he's like, I want to open a pizzeria that delivers by drone. I'd be like, here's a million dollars. <laughs> Let me know when you build enterprise software and pivot. Right. You know, fuck it, who cares? Um, so don't let that distract you. Okay. It's sort of like, um, you know, you're like some great singer and great musician, and you're like, really? The Paris Hilton is making $100,000 a night? She can't sing and she's auto-tuning is so unfair. And it's like, okay, yeah, life is unfair. Let's move on. Okay. What you need to concern yourself with is if you want to be a venture scale business is I think the objection you will get is that this doesn't scale and it's a service-based business. Right? Oh, right. And what, you probably have gotten that. What we, we are moving to a subscription-based service. So Perfect. We are. Yeah. So... You've gotten that objection and you've corrected for it already, right. which is the $200, you charge $200, which is, you know, we review your profiles, give you the suggestions, and you get six months of us reviewing your comments and giving you, you know, this newsletter that gives you ideas of how, on what to do next. Mm -hmm. Here are 10 ideas of things you should do and you can check them off or whatever. So I like that idea. Mm -hmm. I think there is something here. I think people will discount it. Uh, because it seems frivolous or goofy. 
uh, let me tell you, getting so a job. So Tinder. <laughs> well, getting a job and getting a mate, kind of yeah. like on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, putting a roof over your head, having food, and having a, a mate is kind of up yeah. there. You yeah. know, affiliation, all this stuff is, is right up there. So I think you have something. And you should just focus for, you know, as much as you can on getting those subscriptions and delighting those customers. And eventually people will figure it out. If you can just show 10 to 20% month over month growth. Okay. You're one of those businesses that people will not believe it till they see it. Mm-hmm. So trying to convince people that this is a large sustainable business is unlikely in you, unless you meet an iconoclastic investor who is known for taking massive risks. Um, not too many of them out there right. who kind of jump the fence and yeah. you know invest in taxi companies. Like literally 19 people. Like uh, one person was like, I'll invest in Uber if you tell Travis to make an enterprise software and you sell software to the cab companies. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's, the cab companies are taking like 55 cents of every dollar for doing nothing but annoying everybody. They're kind of the problem. And they're like, oh, no, no, I know, but that 55 cents lets them spend a bunch of money on enterprise software. This would be like the sales force of the taxi business. I was like, oh, that's such a great idea. Let me get back to you on that. And then I went to see Travis and didn't tell him. I was like, I'm not going to even waste his time in putting this insane idea in his brain. Um, so you're just going to have to prove it to people. And so stay lean, have a whale, have a product for whales. You know what a whale is? No. In this, whale in uh, Zynga uh, or poker is somebody who has so much money okay. and they spend it without thinking about it. So there were people in Zynga who are spending $1,000 a month on their Farmville, or, or there are people playing online poker for virtual currency for $500 a month, right. 6000 a year to buy virtual tokens, instead of even going to a real casino where they might have a chance of actually getting some percentage of that back or more. And so in your system, there is somebody who's using Raya, or whatever these things are, who wants to take 10 photos a month. They want the photographer to meet them twice a month. They want them to bring the clothes. And they want to spend $1,000 a month with you having the most epic life possible on social because it builds their brand as an attorney or an agent. And you should have 10 or 20 of those wells where you upsell them on, this is the $200 package, this is the $20,000 package. The $20,000 package, we're going to come uh, videotape and make boomerangs and all this stuff of you working out and we're going to get your password and we're going to post them for you. And we're going to like your friend stuff and it's all outsourced. Mm-hmm. And we can then um, help you get one client. And if you sell one more piece of real estate as a real estate broker in Beverly Hills or Bel Air. I was thinking LA has like so many of those people that would be like. <laughs> real estate brokers, agents, mm-hmm. lawyers, actors. Anybody who's in a service business, accountants, real estate, uh, estate planners, and you say, listen, most people think social media is nonsense. This person has 78,000 followers, and they sell more homes than you. One-year contract, and it's sort of like instead of you having a PR agent, anybody who has a PR agent, this is better. 
Mm -hmm. We're going to be your social media platform, and you're going to have at least uh, 300 pieces of content a year. They're going to average out to $200 each. It's $60,000 a year, and you're going to crush it. Hmm. Like, I'm watching Alexis O'Hannon, and we, we collaborate. Like, he's, a, he's more of a venture capitalist. I'm more of an angel seed. He does, like, the round after us, typically. But him and Gary Tan have this firm initialized, and they were kind of, you know, like, my, Gary was pretty much unknown, and people knew Alexis had done a book and whatever. And he marries Serena Williams, that helped. And then they start taking pictures at a rate that my feed is literally all Alexis in black and white, GIFs. I don't know who his social media person is, but it's like a Gary Vaynerchuk type level of activity. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I do 100 episodes of This Week in Startups. That's my, you know, sort of venue. Mm -hmm. But they're getting, whether it's Gary or him, I don't, I don't know, hundreds of likes and retweets. This impacts their business. I know it because nobody two years ago was asking me for an introduction to Gary or Alexis. And now in the accelerator, I'd say they're the 10th or 15th most requested. Hmm. You know, that says something if they're going up against Bill Gurley and Ruloff at Sequoia and, you know, and Benchmark and Excel and Kleiner and Chamath. I mean, these are the people who have massive track records and they're, uh, they're emerging with a really good track record, but they're punching above their weight because of media. So that's a pitch for somebody who sells Lamborghinis that we're going to go with you and do all this. Yeah. And then you're just hiring people for 30 bucks an hour to go do this with them. And you're cleaning it up in the home office. Right. And, and we, you know, we help people's personal brand. And if, if we help them, then other people are going to be like, I think hey. you have a tremendous idea. I think Thank it's you. brilliant. Thank you. I think the venture community is going to hate it. Right. And so <laughs> I see this all the time. Bumped up against you. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to just forget about trying to convince venture capitalists that this isn't a lifestyle business and then just prove it in the marketplace. Okay. And the way to prove it is either go to an accelerator, uh, if you can get into one, again, it might be hard, um, but get some of those whales and subscriptions going. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, we do one off for 200. We do 25 a month and we do 1500 a month paid yearly. And then if you can get paid yearly $18,000, your customer acquisition cost could be 5000 hmm. because you'll have a 50% margin and you could be marketing and paying $1,000 to acquire one of those customers. Yeah. It's bonkers when yeah, you think about it. it. Is. Like we have our angel summit next week. We advertise the heck out of it because it's a $4,000 ticket. Mm -hmm. And I think we wind up spending 2500 or so on the food and the actual events. So it's arguably got a $1,500 margin. So we'll let our alumni come for $2,500. We break even the new people. There might be $500 to $1,000. We don't try to make money on it. We just spend that money doing marketing. Yeah. We always spend $25,000 just letting people know about it through ads and videos. And it builds our brand. So there's a lot of people out there who $20,000 would be nothing. They spend that they spend, you know, 50000 going to Cabo on their little Phenom 300, so right. why not? So right. anybody who's got a NetSuite card is your, your customer. Anybody who's got customers whose commissions are five figures or more right. is your customer. And again, this has been a theme here. You know, Uber Black, UberX, Uber Pool, Uber Eats.
Mm-hmm. Not Uber Eats, $1 in profit, Uber Pool, $0.50 cents in profit, Uber X, $2 in profit, Uber Black, $20, $10 in profit. You got to go top down, yeah. not bottom up. Okay. It's a really good idea. Um, and uh, I'd like to keep up to date on it. Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty neat. Thank you. Uh, we have a company called Shoot My Travel, okay. which you should take a look I at. I have seen okay. that, yeah. And that was another one. Valerie, nobody could figure out like is this a venture business and i was just like you know what fuck it people are in paris they want to take photos and there's this phenomenon uh called insta husbands Mm -hmm. which are husbands that have to take pictures of their wives on vacation constantly yeah (laughs) i just found out that i'm going to be an insta husband because my wife is like insta husband you have an insta husband too yeah so i just got a new job because my wife's like i'm opening my own instagram account (laughs) because you're taking my photos and publishing them on your photos and i'm like so i started giving my wife credit for the photos that she takes of me with the kids yeah because i'm scared to death not to um and uh i'm starting to give her credit but then she's like yeah i'm starting my own and you're gonna have to start taking pictures of me like everywhere i go and i'm like oh my lord I'm going to be an Insta husband. Um, and that's what people were kind of thinking about Shoot My Travel. When, and then they realized, wait a second. If you go to Paris or Kyoto, there are 10 places to take great photos. If the photographer is acting as a non-traditional tour guide right. and getting the photos of you, what is $200? Nothing. Right. The average person who's going to France or Tokyo is probably spending 5000 Mm-hmm. So to add 5% to the cost of the trip or allocate 5% of your budget towards having the 10 incredible photos on your Insta mm-hmm. to lord over your friends and make them feel bad about themselves, <laughs> it's a very small price to pay to create FOMA. Yeah. FOMO. 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 Um, come to the accelerator. It's okay. probably too early. Okay. But I think there's something there. And if you want to meet Valerie from Shoot My Travel, I'm happy to introduce you to her. Okay. Great. Because um, she's figured it out as well. Let's give it up for Claire. Thank you. Okay, everybody, we're back here at Office Hours. My name is Jason Calacanis. The show is This Week in Startups. If you'd like to support our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash TWI Startups. I think you can pay two or three bucks to join. You get a feed with no ads, uh, and you get about 20 minutes on average of extra content per episode and a bunch of behind-the-scenes ability to ask me questions and... Half of our office hours, question and answers, are going to be only for the Patreon audience, and the other half will be on the podcast. So we're trying to figure out who loves the show and trying to get to 1,000 people in our Patreon. Join us there. Uh, Karen, your company is Perceive, and you provide analytics on consumer behavior by processing video by computer vision and AI. This is a wonderful idea. Uh, yeah, so we think about like Google Analytics, but for physical spaces. Love so it. they want to know, for example, this space, uh, we could uh, easily stick our cameras in a track light. We do wireless and we could say, where are people looking? Are people standing? Are they sitting? How are you using this space? And Not creepy at all. <laughs> well, so we are um, based of a research project out of Purdue. So we are deep tech and we are fully anonymous. So we, one thing that we are core to our values is that we're here to benefit both the user and the company, mm-hmm. and that's by not using actual facial recognition. So you're not using facial recognition. You're just saying, here is what people did in the space. Mm-hmm. Here is where they lingered. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then are you telling them anything about that person, their height, their weight, their age, their gender, nothing? We are doing demographics, so we can... How? Uh, we actually have the proprietary computer vision, mm -hmm. and so what it can do is by your gait, we mm -hmm. can tell relatively what, uh, if you're a child, adult, your gender, age, et cetera. And so what we do is actually- Likely take, not to work in San Francisco. <laughs> Just putting it out there. I understand that. And yeah. so, well, that actually leads to part of our question is because we are a SaaS mm -hmm. enterprise play, but then we are also a deep tech play. Yeah. So in our world, we see that we have a monthly um, five to 10,000 you know, a month um, reoccurring revenue for a store to use. Mm. But then we're also at a bigger size. We're creating this huge database yep. for AI around c consumer behavior. Sure. And so think Mobileye for Intel, yep. but think about we're going to be the largest data set around behavior. Yeah. Uh, so I am an early invest, the earliest investor in and on the board of a company called Density, mm -hmm. which you probably know, mm -hmm. which measures through computer vision, but not cameras, right. um, how many people are in a space. Mm -hmm. It's for enterprises, just so they know space utilization. Mm -hmm. They started in your space, mm -hmm. which was to let Phil's Coffee, and they literally had it in Phil's Coffee, know how many people were in Phil's Coffee at any point in time. So that either consumers could open up an app and see here are all the Phil's coffee and how many people are in each um, to either get to the shortest line or find a place to hang out. Or here are the restaurants on University Boulevard. Here's the one that's popping off, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. Um, and so that was interesting, but it didn't provide, I think, enough value. But Enterprise did, and what you're doing does provide massive value for retailers. The challenge is retail is a sinking ship. And opening an ice cream stand on the Titanic, it's going to do awesome for an hour, mm -hmm. and then everybody dies, spoiler alert, and dead people don't buy ice cream. So it's, you know, I saw a lot of companies in the 2000 to 2005 era that were gonna save newspapers, right. local newspapers. They were gonna provide them their own Craigslist. There was one providing a dating site and personals. Mm -hmm. Everything you can imagine, casual games, money, skill-based games. We can just, you can plug it in, and the Boise, Idaho news, now has you know bingo mm -hmm. and dating and classifieds. You get the idea. None of it worked, um, and those companies all went away because they had tied themselves to a dying um, vertical, which I fear you might be doing. So this is the interesting way of how we have dealt with it. Is we looked at it is who's actually what businesses out there do customer engagement the most, and that's actually museums. And so museum, Phenomenal. museums are a $50 billion um, market. They use technology, believe it or not, uh, an exhibit costs between 200 to 550 a square foot. You got me. Okay. I get it. So It's brilliant. So our next yeah, market. Because they want to know who, which paintings are people standing in front of and which wings and which ones are underutilized and why, and then they have to mm -hmm. rotate stuff. So there might be 20 paintings in this room, but only three of them are, three of them are 90% or some power law, and those three artists, maybe we should triple down on them, and we don't even know. And the way they probably do that now is with a pen and paper survey and sending somebody in to just sit there, which is dumb. Exactly. And yeah. so, and then... Um, 
you know, I come from the sales tech world. It's always how can I affect the top line? Mm -hmm. And so what we're also enabling them to do is send personalized emails to their patrons. So patrons paid for a large room, millions of dollars, then they can send and have a reason to reach out and say, hey, this month you had 4,000 people visit your room. Mm -hmm. The picture that most people loved was XYZ. We're thinking mm -hmm. about doing a, a special exhibit about that. Would you be interested in help sponsoring yeah. that? So that's super niche custom software that right. might work. They need security as well. The cameras already exist. So I, I wonder if, do, does your system require the, a specific fidelity of camera that you provide and sensors or do you do it with off the shelf cameras? We do both. We require 3D vision cameras. Okay, so, so you need good cameras. These so, are $2,000 cameras or something. Uh, we can use Intel cameras or we've actually produced them for $50 a camera. Oh, okay. So it's interesting. I do know that a lot of the camera companies, we had an investment in a company called Butterfly that didn't mm -hmm. work out. And what they were doing was facial recognition for storefronts and for businesses. Um, and they would tell you if a dog barked and if a dog walked in front of the camera. So you would get an alert on your phone that said a dog is barking in the living room mm -hmm. and then show you a little gif of it. And now Dropcam is doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Nest Cam. And so they're going bottom up for mm -hmm. consumers to do this. Um, and it's very interesting. I think, so what's your biggest challenge then? So our biggest challenge is twofold is, I think you've identified some of the issues around retail tech, et cetera. It's a very niche market and it's not the simplest um, to raise money. So we have over a million dollars in NSF funds to actually build this. So we have spent the last three years building the deep tech and we do have the PhDs, et cetera, on board with this. Explain to people what NSF is. Uh, Natural Science Foundation. And what's their interest and what is the goal of the million dollar grant? So what we came to NSF and said, We'd like to be able to create um, a data set around human behavior, meaning we'd like to be able to capture it and then analyze it and making it queryable. So if you think about a, a SQL database where you can query the data, think about being able to query video. And yeah. so we'd have a queryable language where you could query any video or behavior. You could type argument, fight, kiss, hand-holding, uh, car break-in, Exactly. Shoplifting, whatever. Exactly. And it's really hard to do. It's extremely difficult to do in the AI computer vision. And so what NSF does... It's easy to do if you have the training data, I would suppose. So... Like you, holding hands, that's easy. It's the actual movement. Uh, so you can capture a point in time. But we actually do is we do it across large spaces. Mm. And we would... So the question would be, are you holding hands for a minute? Are you, do you drop hands? Mm -hmm. Do you get to the hand back up? Yeah. So it's much more of a behavioral component. Yeah. Uh, how many full-time employees? So we have five. And where are you based? We're distributed. Great. Uh, where are you personally I'm based? here in San Francisco. Okay. And how much have you raised to date? So we- The million dollar grant non-dilutive? Yeah. So yum, we've yum. raised 20K um, so as, far, as in a convertible note. So we have only- So you've raised 1,020,000. You've Correct. diluted a full $20,000 and got a million dollars in non-dilutive funding. Mm -hmm. You are my hero. Uh, how long did it take you to get that? So this- The grant? Is, the grant was a, as a ward. Um, how so, long did it take? The process of getting it? Two years? Uh, 18 months? 
it was a month to get the 20K grant and then um, the million dollars we've applied to NSF. Uh And the nice thing about that is... Oh, you haven't gotten it yet. Right. So the nice thing about that is because we've been approved for two cycles of the NSF, Uh our next funding, which we raise from the outside, is 1.5. They'll match us 500K, non-diluted. Okay. So wait, do you have a million dollars from them? Yes, we have. Okay. Um, So you don't need to raise money. You have their money. But... I think you need to figure out pretty quickly who your customer is and what the value you have for them. Because it seems to me that there's going to be a verticalization of this. Like density is going to win corporates, Mm -hmm. but they're not going after retail. I know Mark Cuban had an investment in a street level one that would just do some analysis of what was happening on streets outside of stores to get Mm -hmm. foot traffic. And so there's like 10 different ways to do this. Um, and it's, you're going to have to make a decision as to how many resources you have and what the sales cycle are. You know, Density was able to raise a large amount of money from very significant investors like Funder, F- Founders Fund, Mark Suster at Upfront, and myself, so that they could play the long game and get into these big, giant corporations which have multi-year mm-hmm. sales cycles, land and expand. Um, the people like Butterfly or Dropcam, they were just able to get people to buy them for $199, right. break even, and hope for the best and have you know very modest outcomes. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit somewhere in between. So my question has to do with is, how do we leverage the deep tech side of the house? Because from our standpoint, the computer vision, the AI proprietary, is a much bigger play. It's much more of a Google play in the sense of, if we would have the only AI database out there for human behavior, mm-hmm which we currently do. And so how do we play that? And do we go after deep tech investment to facilitate that growth? You know, I think like a marketer. Mm -hmm. And so I like to think about what is society struggling with? Mm -hmm. What is society obsessed with? So crime is one. Uh, Vandalism. Mm-hmm. Right, the news. If it bleeds, it leads. Here we have a very specific uh, issue with car break-ins in San Francisco. Are there thirty thousand of them? I'm experienced them. <laughs> you've you've had the delight of being a citizen of San Francisco and had your window broken for three hundred dollars to get your Tic Tac stolen exactly. and a, and a, a eight dollar Amazon cable. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so I'm just going to put one out there. If you went to Fisherman's Wharf area where all these break-ins are occurring or Mm -hmm. other places and you set up a little U-Haul truck Mm -hmm. with your equipment and your rig on the roof of it and you tracked for 48 hours and parked it in a parking space and tracked the behavior of people walking around cars and you said our algorithm on a CCTV system Mm -hmm. understands what people do in a car break-in. Okay. What they do is they walk up and down the block three times to scope the car out because I actually saw this video, because uh, somebody did it. And then they put, they lean against the car, and they have a special device which has like a spring load that mm-hmm. pops, mm-hmm. and they put it on the glass, and they just look to see if everybody's there. And there's two of them. One person stands here, one person stands here, and they go, pop, and they pop the glass, it breaks. Mm-hmm. And then they just, one turns around, the other looks for cops, they grab whatever they know, and then they jump in a car, mm-hmm. which is waiting on the corner for them to walk out in the street. If you could predict, this, these people are going to, break into that car, you give that to the local news, you do a local news hit on, hey, here's one application, and then you find three more of those, 
Okay. And they don't have to be crime necessarily. They could be other things. Right. Um, you could do it for school shootings. Like, hey, here's something crazy. Like, here's the behavior of the proximity of a school. Not to right. get dark, but this is, and I'm not just saying on a marketing basis, there might actually be mm-hmm. a company right now working on cameras to be early warning signs of that's a gun. Right. And I know the Israelis already have this for bombs, uh, for, for vests. Mm-hmm. They can tell a vest through like three or four different ways. Um, and so security's but one. Okay. Shoplifting is another. Okay. I mean, there's like a lot of these acute things that you could use as uh, press bait okay. uh, and virality. Okay. Zillow did this. Remember Zillow mm-hmm. said, we're going to give you an estimate of your home. And you're like, but I paid a million dollars. That's wrong. And what did you do? I, you fixed it. Totally. <laughs> right. And so now they've got your email. You claimed you're the homeowner. It was like this great honeypot. Everybody was talking about Zillow. And everybody was talking about Zillow. And so, you know, the, the, you know, these content stunts, let's call them, or content devices, they can really work. I have an owl camera. Okay. You know this one that goes, it's a dashboard cam uh-huh. that's intelligent, that's got LTE in it. Yep. And so I have it in my cars, and uh, it tells me when the car gets rattled or somebody walks in front of the car, and if somebody breaks into the car. Okay. A really ridiculous. When you open the doors to the car, the motion sensor turns on an LED that is so bright it lights up the entire car, which is useful. Right. It's also terrorizing uh, to the person breaking in. And they, if you f- look at their uh, Instagram account, mm-hmm. it's literally people breaking into high-end cars and doing this, <laughs> and then either trying to grab the owl or just covering their face and getting out because they realize they're on camera. Right. It's bonkers. So there are those type of things which can be bait, right? Okay. For I think people uh, that you could work on. Do you think we should? Uh, t- we've t- thought about going to an accelerator program. Is that something that you would, you know? If you have the billion dollars in uh, non-dilutive funding as an accelerator, uh, as somebody with an accelerator, I would find that very attractive. Okay. Because what it tells me is you were able to convince people who are. Very slow to make a decision how to, to give you money for no equity. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to do. Um, and so if that is, in fact, reality, that's impressive to me. And then I would have to, I think the accelerators would be, accelerators, if they're doing their jobs, mm-hmm. put a, a, incubators aside, right. you're beyond the incubation phase, you've got right. product. Accelerators are looking and saying, if we work with this founder for 12 weeks, can we clear a market with that group of baller investors? Okay. Can we get the VCs and the seed funds? Can we polish this company, get mm-hmm. them focused, okay. and show a clear path to $100 million in revenue so this VC firm writes a check? So that's what I do for a living. Okay. You know, I meet Ben from Neighborly. We just iterate for 12 weeks. And then I brought him to Sequoia personally. I brought him to Kraft. I brought him to a couple of other folks and said, hey, I really believe in this. And then, you know, somebody pops off for a million. Okay. And so that's what they're thinking about is, can you clear market in 12 weeks from now or 16 weeks from now or eight weeks from now? And that would be the discussion that you would want to have with them. Okay. If you were going to go to YC mm-hmm. or launch or Techstars, I would sit there with the person who's mm-hmm. offering you the slot and I would be interviewing them. What do you think, candidly, do we need to get to in order to raise $3 million from funds with these names or a million to $3 million with, with these type of investors? Okay. And tell me candidly, and then right. ten, tell me candidly when I should start your program in order to do that. Okay. So I would be looking for you to have, let's call it four or five customers okay. in paid pilots 
Um, and I would count the million dollar grant as one of them, let's say. Okay. But then maybe four people who are paying 5K a month for something, 3K a month, you know, for six months okay. on some pilot where they're, you know, deploying it so that we can start thinking about a repeatable sales process that gets you to $100 million in reoccurring revenue. So we currently have the 11th largest museum in the U.S. is Great. using us as well as... Are they as, paying? Yes. How much? Ballpark. They are paying uh, 8 to 10 a year. Not bad. It's a good start. And there's room to expand there. Absolutely. Uh, if it proved valuable, they would go to 30. It's no difference to them to pay 10 or 30 if it gets the job done. So great. Awesome. So you should come to the accelerator on Thursday. Okay. Uh, I'll get you the address. Okay, great. Uh, you just go outside. You make a left. <laughs> you make another left, another left, another left. And then you're going to see a storefront that looks really cool with a lot of wood. And then just go into that. Excellent. Just I'm, like, I'm all over that. <laughs> just four lefts. All right. Big round of applause. Okay.